welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Good morning, everybody. How are you all? Oh, we're gonna have to be we're gonna have to be more crowd participatory than that today. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> Thank you, Marco. You're all great. You're all great to look at. Uh, Pastor Jenny isn't with us this morning. Pastor Jenny is in uh, Surrey. She's helping. Um, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but Pastor Jenny leads worship, and um, she helps a lot of people lead worship. And so. There's a church in Surrey that needed some help. They, they're transitioning from one pastor to another pastor, and, and uh, they lost their whole worship team, which is a problem for church, isn't it? Yeah. And so they called and asked if Pastor Jenny would help uh, them put together a worship team and begin to like transition from having no worship team to having a worship team. So that's where she's at this morning, and she says to say hi to all of you, and she misses you, and she wishes she was here, but that she knows we're going to have a great time this morning. So let's just, let's just tell her, you know, we're going to have a great time. Uh, and what I love was, like, who, who knew Steve could sing? I mean, I knew Steve could sing, but did any of you know Steve could sing him lead worship? Oh, there he is right there. The, the secret's out, buddy. The secret's out. Um, and so I love it when we get to have other people using their gifts and stepping up. So, I mean, like, worship was a little, like, we only, there was only three of them up there today. But that's okay, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, we can still worship the Lord. The Bible says where two or three of us are gathered, there he is in our midst. And so there's more than two or three of us in this place, which means whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, Jesus, the presence of God, is here with us right now. And so we're going to have church, and we're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about the Lord, and he's right here with you today. Amen? Amen. I don't know if that should excite you or what, but it excites me knowing that I'm not here talking about myself. It excites me knowing that these aren't the words of a man that you're going to hear, but they are the words of the Spirit of God speaking directly to hearts and lives because the words of God can bring transformation in a moment. The words of God can break off walls and break off chains in a moment. You could talk to somebody for a thousand years and leave that conversation a thousand years later and be the same person. But when you meet Jesus and you spend a moment in his presence, you leave changed forever. Man, y'all should be more excited than that. Um, so we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about faith today. Is that okay? Jaden, can you start our trusty little timer up there? We're going to talk about faith. The last two weeks, Jacob said that we've been talking about giving and generosity, and yes, we have and if you didn't listen to that, if you call Hope City Church your home, uh, then I encourage you to go back and listen to it because we took two weeks to talk about the economy, the two economies. We talked about the world's economy. We talked about the economy of heaven and how God desires us to live in his economy, which means that we trust him in all of our things, that he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And we desire to be a house that is known as generous, God-fearing people so that when God says to move, we can move. When God says to act, we can act. When God says to do something, that we're not tied and restricted by the world system, but we are set free and able to move in the kingdom and the economy of heaven. So if you haven't listened to that yet, I encourage you, go back and listen to it. You're like, oh, I don't want to go listen to it. Go listen to it. Trust me, go listen to it. You sit in your car and you drive 
drive and listen to the radio. You weed eat your yard. You put your ear pods in. You go to the gym and you work out. You have music playing, whatever it is, whatever it is you're doing. You stick those ear pods in, those AirPods in. Listen to our message and hear what God is saying to our house. Amen? Amen. All right, so I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8 is where we're going to start today. And actually, we left off in Matthew chapter 7 uh, last Sunday we looked at, but we're going to pick up in Matthew chapter 8 today. And we're going to talk about uh, great faith, little faith. We're going to talk about great faith, little faith. Say great faith. faith. Say little faith. faith. Say, I hope to have great faith. I want to have great faith. I want to trust Jesus with all that I have. Amen. That's what I like to hear. Matthew chapter 8. We're going to start off in verse 23 is where we're going to start. And um, Jesus has just uh, spent some time uh, doing a lot of miracles, healing a lot of people. The Bible says that everybody who came to him that was sick and was possessed with demons, he he healed them and set them free. And then in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, we pick up, and Jesus is in the boat with the disciples, and they are sailing across the lake. And so Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, it says, then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly a fierce a storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Jesus isn't worried about natural circumstances. Jesus ain't worried about natural circumstances. And let me tell you this. The Bible says that inside of you, you have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, lives and dwells on the inside of you. So just a little side though. This isn't in my notes. In my notes. This, isn't, this, isn't, this is just right now off the top of my head. The spirit of God wants to say that if Jesus isn't worried about natural circumstances, then we don't need to be worried about natural circumstances. No worry. Jesus is in the boat. There's a storm. The disciples are afraid, and Jesus is taking a nap because he's not concerned about what's happening. The waves are breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting to him, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Could you imagine being in the boat with Jesus, the Son of God? God, you're in the boat with God. Sailing across, the, sailing across the lake, there's waves and they're coming in the boat and it's like a bad storm. And so you say, well, God's in this boat, we're all gonna drown. God, you're going to drown. There's a big storm. Jesus, wake up, do something, we're all going to drown. These disciples, you know, I was thinking about this and I love, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which give us a really good picture of how the disciples acted and lived. And you know what I've learned from looking at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Here's what I learned, that the disciples were a lot like us. They were really, really normal people. They really had normal emotions. They weren't super spiritual people. They didn't float around. They didn't have a glowing um, presence about them. They didn't have halos that followed them. They weren't supernatural people. They were natural people. They were you and me. Peter was a fisherman. Um, Simon and, and his brother were a fisherman, right? They were just workers. And so here they are on this boat. They're scared. And the Bible says there's a storm coming. So they wake up Jesus. They wake up the Lord. They wake up God from his nap to say we're all about to die. Do something. They're afraid. And Jesus responds and he says to them this. He says, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed and who is this man? They asked, even the winds and waves obey him. 
You have so little faith, Jesus said to the disciples. I don't know about you, but we live in a day and an age where we can't afford to be people that have so little faith. We talk about this pretty frequently, but the world is getting kind of scary out there. There's a lot going on. Things are getting harder. Things are more confusing. Things are more frustrating than they've ever been, I feel like, in my lifetime for sure. And we've got to be people of faith. We've got to be people that are, when we're in a boat and there's a storm and there's things blowing inside the boat and the boat's rocking all around and we think it's going to drown, we're going to sink and we're all going to die, we got to put our faith and our trust not in natural things but in Jesus Christ. And in fact, when, when Jesus was woken up by the disciples because the storm was so bad, his response was, you've got so little faith, meaning why didn't you take care of this yourself? Why didn't you do something? Why do I have to do something about this? He's saying to them, where is your faith in this storm? Well, we're having fun already. Man, like six minutes in and we're having a blast. Who's glad they came to church today? Robin is. Robin's, thumbs up from Robin. This guy's going, he's just going for a run. So happy to be in church, he's just doing laps. Listen, I don't know about you, but I grew up in church, and there'd be just random, spontaneous lap running that happened in church. Anybody else experience that in church? We had people in church, they would just get up, and when they felt like it, they'd just take off running around the building. Just hooting and hollering the whole time. It's okay to have fun in church. It's okay to make some noise in church. It's okay to be excited about who Jesus is to you. It's, it's okay to be so excited that you know. <laughs> it's okay. I was about to stand on that chair and talk to you. It's okay to be so excited about knowing that Jesus loves you, that Jesus cares about you, that Jesus wants you to have faith in him in every circumstance, that you don't have to be worried about what the world says or what the world does. Jesus said, oh, you have little faith. Don't be so afraid. Why didn't you take care of this? Because you have inside of you the ability and the faith to stand up against these things that you're dealing with. So I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what storm you're sitting in right now, what boat you're sitting in, what waves you've got crashing over you. But the Spirit of God wants to say to you today, you've got the faith and you've got the ability on the inside of you to trust God and watch him walk you through those circumstances and come through the other side of it victorious. Clapping for myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we don't want to be people that have little faith. We don't want to be people that when we get into the storms of life, we don't know what to do. We want to be people of faith so that we get in those storms. We know exactly what to do. We know what the word of God says. We know what we've seen Jesus do in our life over and over and over again. So we can trust him and walk through those things. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at this real quick. So the question is then, what is faith? You know, if we've been saved for a long time, you know Hebrews chapter 11. You know what faith is. But maybe you haven't been a Christian for a long time. Maybe you, maybe you have been a Christian for a long time, but you just never read your Bible. And so you can't 
can't say, I don't know what faith is. Or maybe you just have come to church for the first time in your life, and you're like, I don't know what faith is. We're gonna look in Hebrews chapter 11, which we call uh, sort of like the faith chapter. It's like the heroes of faith. This whole chapter, the writer of Hebrews is listing off these people through the Old Testament that have used and trusted in God, and look what God did in their life when they put their trust in him. And the writer of Hebrews starts off in Hebrews chapter 11, is everybody there? Because we're going to read this together. And if you got a Bible, man, I encourage you, like I do all the time, to highlight your Bible, to make notes in your Bible. Because when you're reading your Bible and the Spirit of God says something to you, make a note about it right then and there. So when you go back and read it later, you remember what God was saying to you. It's okay to write in your Bible. It is not sacrilegious to write in your Bible. It's good to write in your Bible. Crack your Bibles open. Draw some pictures in your Bible to remind you what God says. I do doodles all the time. I make little weird notes because it's God speaking to me and I want to remember what he's saying. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 1, says this. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command and that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Let's read that again one more time, okay? It says, faith is. Everybody say, faith is. So the writer is telling you what faith is. If you don't know what faith is, then make a note in your Bible because this is what faith is. Faith is the confidence that what you hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that you cannot see. Through the reputation the people in days of old earned a good reputation by faith, we understand the entire universe. So the oceans, the grass, the mountains, the stars, the skies, the universe, the, the atmosphere, all the things that you look at, those were all formed by faith. It wasn't, God wasn't out there with some great like hammer and saw and like materials building what you see. If you crack a mountain open, it's not some facade with like structure behind it. It's made out of things that you can't see and they were made by faith. This is what faith is. Let's look at this in a couple different translations. What do we have, Jaden? Uh, this is the Amplified, right? Okay, so the Amplified says this. Now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as a fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. This is the Passion Translation. It says, for by this kind of... Oh, no, this is still amplified? Is this verse... What verse is this, two? Let's just go to the next translation. Let's read the Passion Translation and go to verse one. Now it says this. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Let's read that again. Faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation. What is the foundation? The thing that you build upon. 
needed to, the, uh, to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Are you getting what faith is? Let's look at what the Hebrew or the Greek definition of the word is. You get that? It's the Greek word pistis. That means to win over, persuade, faith. Subjectively meaning firm persuasion, conviction, belief in the truth, veracity, reality. Objectively meaning that which is believed, doctrine. So faith is you believing in something you can't see. Faith is you knowing beyond any shadow of a doubt that what you're putting your hope in is real and true. You use your faith every day. When you sat down in this chair, you used your faith as you sat down. What did you use your faith on? You put your faith in that chair to not drop you on your butt in front of everybody else. When you get in your car to go home after the service and you put your key in the ignition, you are having faith in your car that when you turn that key, the ignition is going to start and your car is going to drive you home. When you drive on the road, you are putting faith in yourself, in all the other crazy drivers on the road that you're going to get from point A to point B. Nobody goes in their car expecting to get in a car accident, do you? You get in your car with faith, believing that you're going to get to where you're supposed to go. Well, the same is true in the spiritual. You put your faith in Jesus Christ. You put your faith in the cross. You put your faith in the work that Jesus did for you when he went to the cross. You can't see it. None of us were there to watch it. None of us were there. We can't say, hey, I was at the cross. I watched Jesus go up on that cross. I watched him give his life for me. I watched Jesus breathe his last breath. And since I saw it, I will believe it. You can't do that. I can't do that. But we put our faith in what we know and what we see and what we don't see is our faith. We put our faith in something unseen to us and we build our life on that foundation. Faith is building on the unknown, but an unknown that you believe in beyond a shadow of a doubt. We have a hard time believing in that for spiritual things, but we believe in it in natural things all the time. It's so ironic to me the faith that we put in the natural versus the faith that we put in the, in the spiritual. We'll put faith in doctors. We'll put faith in the government. We'll put faith in our friends and our family. We'll put faith in the housing market. We'll put faith in our job because we can see all those things. We know all those things. The things are all tangible to us. We can touch them in some way. We see them. We can interact with them. But we have a hard time really putting our faith in the Lord. And in fact, some of us, you know, we put our faith in salvation. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I believe there's something there. But when it comes to the working of your faith, when you've got to believe God for something in your life, like maybe you're going through something. Maybe you've got a storm that you're sailing through right now and you need some way to get through it. We say, I don't know if I, I can't trust God in this. I can't put my faith in Jesus. I got to do something else. But God wants you to put your faith in him. God wants you to trust him in all the storms that you're going through through let's look at this let's let's go down a few more verses here let's go to verse uh, six so faith is the confidence 
that what you hope for is actually going to happen. That's what faith is. Faith is the confidence that what you hope for is actually going to happen. That's what faith is. Now, let's look at this in verse 6. I'm going to show you three things out of here about faith. And then if we have time, we're going to look at an example back in Romans chapter 8 of great faith. It says, and it's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. I don't know about you, but I want to be found pleasing to the Lord. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anybody that comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So the first thing you see here about faith is that faith is required to please God. I don't think the disciples in the boat were very pleasing to the Lord when they woke him up and he said, where's your faith at? Faith is required to please God. What's your level of faith in the Lord? Are you pleasing to God? Do you have faith in him that he says, okay, this pleases me? Why does God want you to have, why, why does it matter? Like, why do you have to have faith to please the Lord? Because it brings you into relationship with him. Because it goes on in here and it says that uh, you must have faith to come to him. You've got to believe that he exists. And that takes faith because nobody has seen God. You haven't seen God, so you have to have faith to believe in God so that you can come to him. So faith is required to come to the Lord, to be in relationship with him, to sit in his presence. It takes faith for you to be in that place and hear the Lord speaking to you, hear the Lord talking to you, hear the Lord bringing revelation to you. It takes faith for you to be in that place. You guys have as much fun as I am. You know, in this chapter is story after story. Well, actually, it's like synopsis after synopsis of all these different people who trust in the Lord in the middle of scary circumstances, in the middle of times when it was unclear, in the middle of, I don't know what to do, but I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna step out in this. You're saying to do this. So I'm putting my faith in you. I'm trusting you. I'm taking your, your word. Everything looks scary, but I'm gonna do it anyways. Person after person is listed in this chapter talking about how God worked and moved in their life because of their faith in him. The disciples, we started off in Romans chapter 8. Jesus said, where's your faith at? You've got little faith. I'm saying to you today, we can't be people of little faith. In 2022, listen, hear me now. If you never come back to this church again, Take this away with you and never forget it. You cannot afford to be people with little faith in the year 2022. In the year 2032, you're going to need more faith than you had today. In the year 2042, you've got to learn to live a life where you're trusting in Jesus in the middle of your circumstances. It's going to get harder and harder and harder for you to be a believer in Jesus. And you're going to be forced to have to choose where you're putting your faith at. Is your faith in Jesus or is it your faith in the things of the world? And you've 
got to learn right now to put your faith in Jesus Christ. So as you move forward in life, because it's going to be scary and it's going to be unsure, and there's going to be dark days and dark times, and you're not going to sure, be sure what to do, you've got to put your faith squarely in Jesus Christ. And you've got to know how to do it. So faith is required to please the Lord. Faith is required to come to the Lord because it takes faith to come to somebody that you've never seen before. The last thing here is that faith is required to receive the rewards that come through knowing him. It says, uh, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who uh, sincerely seek him. Let's go back to Romans chapter eight and I wanna show you this story of great faith. Romans chapter, or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter eight, my bad. We're talking about the Roman centurion. That's why I keep saying Romans. And I wanna show you some faith in action. I wanna show you some faith in action because the Bible says that faith comes from hearing and hearing from Mm-hmm. So I love to go read the Bible. I love to go look at stories in the Old Testament to build up my faith, to remind myself of what God has done for other people. Because I know this about the Lord. If he did it for them, he'll do it for me. I love hearing stories about what God is doing in other people's lives. Because I know if God did something for Marina, he'll do something for me. I know if Jesse's going through something and the Lord works in Jesse's life and the Lord works in Michaela's family and the Lord is at work and they go through something, they come through on the other side, I know that God loves me just as much as he loves them. And so if he did it for them, he'll do it for me. So I love to encourage myself by reading the word of God or reminding myself of what I see in here. You could say, I've read the Bible a thousand times. Well, praise Jesus for you. Read it a thousand and one times and remind yourself of what God is saying and doing in there. Because I tell you this, the Bible also says the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any living sword, sharper than any sword, and it cuts and it divides between the soul and the spirit. And so when you read the word of God, maybe you've read it a thousand times, but you crack this thing open and you start reading it again, and you'll see something new every time. You'll find yourself in a new circumstance. You'll be in a new way. You'll be in a new situation. And the word of God will speak to you in a way that you never understood or ever saw before. So keep reading the word of God. Matthew chapter 8. Let's finish here. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Say great faith. faith. Say little faith. Chapter 8, verse 5. Jesus returns to Capernaum, and a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. Who's been watching The Chosen with us? Yeah, so if you've been watching The Chosen, I'm going to call this guy Gaius because of Gaius from The Chosen. I just want to pretend that it's Gaius. And all my chosen people will know who I'm talking about. Not chosen people like you're chosen here, but like (laughs) chosen. (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) I thought so as well. Um, So a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, and he said, Lord, uh, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed, and he's in terrible pain. Jesus says, I'll come and I'll heal him. 
And the officer says, Lord, I'm not worthy that you would come into my house. So if you would just say the word from where you are, my servant will be healed. Wow. Wow. Here's the thing, Jesus. I'm not worthy for you to come into my house. I'm I'm not worthy. I'm not a good enough person. My life isn't cleaned up enough. I've got stuff in my life that I don't want to talk about. But I know this about you, that if you will just say the word, my servant will be healed. See, we're talking about great faith, little faith. The disciples had little faith. And we went over and looked in Hebrews about what faith is. And faith is something you build on. Faith is, I, can, I can't see this, but I believe it anyways. This man had heard about all the works that Jesus was doing. This man was hearing things about who Jesus was. This man had heard that Jesus had done something for other people. And he said to himself, if Jesus can do that for other people, then Jesus can probably do it for me. So faith moved this man to action. Let me tell you this. Faith is going to require you to move. You can't be in faith and sit still. It's going to require something of you. If this man hadn't gone up and gone and found Jesus, his servant probably wouldn't have been healed because this guy would have stayed home and never found Jesus. But his faith in Jesus caused him to get up and move and go find Jesus. And he goes there and he says, come and heal. If you could just say the word, just say the word. Don't come to my house. You don't got to walk over there. You don't got to take your time. I'm not worthy of you coming to my house. But if you just say the word, I know that my servant will be healed. And he says in verse 9, I know this because I'm a man under authority of my superior officers. And I have authority over my soldiers. And I only need to say to them, go and they go, or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. And you could preach a whole message about spiritual authority right here. But we're out of time for today. We're not gonna dive off into that. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. This guy was not a Jew. This guy was a Gentile. And for those of you here, like, what's a Gentile? A Gentile is a person who's not a Jew. Back then, you had Jews and Gentiles. And this guy was not a Jew. He was a Gentile. He was a Roman. He was one of the people that was there occupying Jerusalem. And Jesus was amazed. And turning to everybody around that's following him, he says this. I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. The new King James, I haven't seen such great faith. This man who wasn't even a Jew believed in Jesus so much, had such great faith in him that he went and found Jesus. And then when he found Jesus, he didn't need Jesus to come and perform some ritual. He didn't need Jesus to show up in his house. All he needed was Jesus to say the word. He said, because I know, I know that if you just say it, it'll happen. Jesus is amazed. Faith is required to please the Lord. Right? We read that in Hebrews 11. Faith is required to please the Lord. This time, Jesus was amazed. 
So they haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. I'll tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from the east and the west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those through whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. The New King James says, as you have believed, so let it be done for you. What a great story. Here we see a man who had great faith in Jesus, who was moved to action to go find Jesus, to go be with Jesus, to go be in the presence of the Lord. And then all his faith required was him saying, I know, I know that if you say something, this will happen. I have such great faith in you. I have such great trust in you that I know that if you say this, it'll be done. And so Jesus, just say the word. Just say the word. And maybe that's the word for some of us here today. Maybe in your life today, you need Jesus just to say the word because we don't want to be people of little faith. We don't want to be people who are found lacking faith. We don't want to be people that are sitting in a boat afraid of the circumstances that are happening. We want to be people of great faith where we know we've seen Jesus move in our life before and so we can say to him, just say the word. Just say the word, Jesus. Just say the word because I know when you say the word, Jesus, I know when you speak, change happens. I know when you speak, Father, I know that chains are broken off. I know when you speak, addictions break off. I know when you speak, Jesus, whatever you say is going to happen. So just say the word. And Jesus said, I haven't seen such great faith like this in all of Israel talking about all the Israelite people. He said, I haven't seen anything like this anywhere. This Gentile comes up and he says to me, just believe, just say the word, and I know that you'll do it. That's the kind of people that we need to be. Those are the kind of believers that we need to be in 2022, in 2023, in 2037, in 2054, in 2098, if we make it that long. That's the kind of believers we need to be. People, will you say to Jesus, just say the word because I've seen you do it once, I've seen you do it twice, I've seen you do it over and over again and I know if you've done it for one time, you'll do it again and again and I know if you've done it for that person, you'll do it for me. The Bible says that God is not a respecter of any person. What does that mean? It means God don't like you more than he likes me and I don't like me more than he likes you. He loves us all. He don't play favorites. And if he does it for Ariel, that means that he can do it and wants to do it for me. Stand up with me today. Dear Lord, I hope I made sense today. I hope you understood what I'm saying. And I hope by the Spirit of God that whatever you heard today finds a home in your heart. I hope that you receive the word of God, not as the words of Pastor Jake speaking to you, not as the words of a man, but that those words find a home deep inside of you. And so that as you leave this place, you are able to say to Jesus, just say the word in my circumstances. Just say the word to where I'm living in my life right now, God, because I know I'm putting my faith, I'm putting my hope, I'm putting my trust in you. And if I say something or if you say something, I know that it will be done. So let's do this together. Let's take a moment and let's just quiet ourselves. And I want you to think about your life. 
And I want you to think about maybe the storms that you're walking through. I want you to think about the circumstances you're dealing with. I want you to think about maybe the sicknesses you have, spirit, soul, and body, maybe, maybe physical sicknesses, maybe emotional sicknesses, maybe mental sicknesses. I want you to think about the relational issues you're having. I want you to think about the financial issues you're having. I want you to think about every area of your life and every storm that you're dealing with. And I'm telling you today by the Spirit of God that God wants us to be people that put our faith and our trust in Him. And what I, what I believe you need to do if you're walking through something in your life is I believe that you need to surrender to Jesus. You know, maybe you haven't gone to church for a long time and you see people raising their hands all the time. Raising your hands is a sign of surrender. That's why we raise our hands. Because we're surrendering to someone greater than us. And we say, have your way. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I surrender. I surrender. And I say that because I think some of us need to surrender some things in our life. Because we are trying to solve our problems ourselves. We're trying to calm the storms of life ourselves. We're trying to calm the waves ourselves. But what the Lord wants you to do is put your faith not in yourself, but put your faith in Him. And so I want you to think about those areas of your life. Very simply, if you if you if you want to, if you can, I'd like you to raise your hands to the Lord in a sign of surrender and lift up that circumstance to Him. Lift up those sicknesses to Him. Lift up those emotions to Him. Lift up those problems to Him. And in faith. faith, I want you to say out loud, just say the word. Just say the word. And I want you to say it like you're, you're alone and you're talking to the Lord. I want you to say it like you don't care who hears you because all of our hands are lifted up. I want you to say to the Lord, God, just say the word. Just say the word, Jesus. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your presence and your spirit that always brings life. It always brings revelation. It always brings healing. And Father, I thank you right now that you are teaching us to trust in you, that you are showing us how to have faith in you, a greater faith, because, Father, we don't want to be people that have little faith. We don't want you to look at us and say, where is your faith? You have little faith. We want you to be amazed at the faith that we have in you. So, God, we surrender our situations. We surrender our lives to you today in this place. And all together we say, Lord, say the word. Say it again. Say, say the word. Because we know when you say something, Jesus, that things change, that chains are broken off, that walls are falling down. God, we know that when you say the word, healing takes place. Father, we know that when you say the word, people are set free. Your word says, who the 
indeed. And so, Jesus, I thank you today that by your presence and by your spirit and by the work of your Son on the cross, we're putting our faith in you. We're putting our faith in you. We're putting our hope in you. We're putting our trust in you. We're surrendering these things to you, and we say, have your way. Jesus, we are trusting you. God, I ask right now that you work and move in our life, that you work and move in our situations, that you are the name above every other name. We give all these things to you. In the precious name of Jesus, we said, amen. Listen, amen means so be it. Amen means so be it. So when you say amen, to what I just prayed, you're saying, so be it in my circumstances. You're saying, so be it. I just said to the Lord, have your way. Lord, say the word because I know you're going to work in my life. And I say, so be it. And so be it means, or amen means, so be it. It's going to be done. So I want to remind you, those things that you were thinking about, those things that you lifted up to the Lord, those relational issues, those physical issues, those emotional things, those physical things, those financial things, those things that you lifted up to the Lord and you said, amen, you're saying, God, I give this to you to work in my life. I give this to you. I'm putting my trust in you. I am letting go. I'm taking my hands off. I'm not going to try and solve this myself, but I'm giving it over to you. God, have your way in my life. There's a freedom that comes. There's a freedom that comes when you realize that God is in control and you aren't. Jesus, we love you. You say have your way in this place. God, we desire to see you move. We desire to see you work in our lives. God, we desire to be people with great faith. We give all these things over to you, and we step back to watch you work and move in our life. Jesus, we give you full permission. Say, Jesus, I give you full permission. Work in my life. Do what you want when you want and how you want. I take my hands off and I give it all over to you. I say thank you because I am so thankful for what you're doing in my life. I am so thankful for your son that gave his life for me that set me free, that healed me, that restored me, that repaired me, that renewed me, that has refreshed me. Jesus, I love you. Do a work that only you can do. In your precious name, we all say, Let's do this. Let's sing a song together. Let's just...
Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.